What's happening, folks? Episode three of the John Lovell Show. I'm joined in studio by our battle gnome, Paul, and our producer, Heath. We're going to have a great time. However, we're talking about some stuff that isn't quite so great. The very first of which is last week's Joe Biden's executive order to eviscerate the gun industry. And what I don't want to do in this episode is just report and say this is what happened, though we will do that. I want us to war game out how bad this can be and what they're really after. And the more I look at it, the more sinister it appears to be. Also in this episode, we're gonna talk about the DNA of a warrior. I want us to really unpack that because I bet you've known some guys who kind of look the part, but they didn't have that courage. They didn't have what it really took to be a good protector. And I wanna really hone in on exactly what that is so you and I will grow from it. Also in this episode, we're gonna have our pro training tip. We're gonna have our dad joke section. We're gonna have our Q and ambush. And we're gonna have a great time in studio, aren't we? Yeah, man. I feel like we should do a big air, air five. Let's yeah. do it. Go team, go. Hands in, and we are ready for episode three. Thundercats. <laughs> Great show, by the way. Thundercats. That was, that was an underrated show, teamwork. actually. It really was. It Thundercats, ho! Uh, yeah, Lionel was the best. Yep, and let's get started. guys, welcome back. The executive order that Joe Biden just issued is all about increasing government power to sidestep the Second Amendment, your constitutional rights, and to be able to take all these different agencies, some of which have nothing to do with firearms at all, and include them to make this huge government posse to harass you, your ability to buy guns, to keep guns, to transport guns, and even to market guns uh, as manufacturers are looking to, hey, Look at our firearms. Like they want to shut all this down, and I think they're actually going to be successful in part in some of these measures. So we won't go through them, but before we jump in, Paul, ATF, they've been doing gun stuff for a very long time, they've, right? They've been, yeah, they've been in the, uh, the tyranny business for quite a bit, right? Absolutely. FBI, that's no surprise. Uh, but now the Department of Transportation failed uh, Secretary of De Transportation Pete Buttigieg is now going to be getting all kinds of power. Also, the Federal Trade Commission. Which has to do what with guns? Wonderful question, and we'll get to it. <laughs> the Department of Defense as well. Hmm. What does the Department of Defense have to do with guns inside the United States? Another fantastic question because the <laughs> answer is nothing until now. <laughs> Also, Congress and the courts, basically what his executive order is doing is giving a bunch of different institutions of power more power so everyone can get in this industry, harass gun owners, and be able to grind it to a screeching halt. All right, so the very first issue to jump into is Biden wants to increase the number of background checks by ensuring that all background checks required by law are conducted before firearm purchases, moving the U.S. as close to universal background checks as possible through additional legislation. There it is, universal background checks. What do you think about this one, Paul? So what, what you just read said universal background checks are, in, are, are put in place to make sure the background checks are required by law are conducted before firearm sales. This seemed kind of redundant to me to begin with. And any, anytime I see like any sort of redundancy in administrative processes or more uh, government power control, this looks to me just like a more slow erosion of Second Amendment rights through an indirect route. So whether that's a national gun registry or, you know, wh whatever, whatever the, the process, the mechanism is, I think it's probably not a good idea anytime the government starts to put in place additional administrative constraints on private ownership of firearms. Right. I don't think it's a good thing. 
you know, the universal background checks, we've had decades to be able to really look at what do background checks do for us. And in the vast majority of these active killer situations, these guys pass background checks. Sure. They weren't, they weren't uh, criminals it, before they were criminals. And so what is this really actually doing other than harassing uh, the good guys, the gun owners? Bad guys, most of them are getting them through theft or they pass a background check and are able to do that. Uh, or they're getting it kind of black market. But either way, background checks are in no way over the last few decades eliminating crimes. No. Uh, but I'll tell you what they do is that they give the government a perfect registry of everyone that's got guns and what they've got. And that is far scarier to me than anything with background checks. Why are you building a registry if not to later harass individuals and seize firearms? And that's, that's what it's about. It's not about gun control. It's always about people control. That's how it starts. And move on to the second one. This one's awful. Uh, this is improve public awareness and increase appropriate use of extreme risk uh, protection, at red flag orders, and the safe storage of firearms. So red flag and safe storage of guns. Mm. War game out how they're going to use these two things. Sure. Well, first first of all, um, red flag laws, this is, this is essentially like pre-crime and minority report to me to a certain degree, right? Great movie. Uh, yeah, very interesting concept. But we're talking about... Uh, complete suspension of due process. Right. Right. We're talking about the, the government is able to uh, prevent you from exercising your constitutional rights on a temporary basis while they sort out whatever the complaint was from the person that, uh, that, that you know, whatever filed the information uh, that's being used against you, right? So right. you cannot have committed any crime. Somebody could just be scared of you. Maybe, maybe you live in a neighborhood where people don't like guns and you've got more guns than people think you should be able to own or you had a dispute with your HOA about something and people think that you may be an unhinged, violent combat veteran, right? And then they go report that to the courts and then they come seize your firearms until they sort out the rest of it. So you are uh, guilty until you prove yourself innocent, right? That's right. It calls into question the whole mental health aspect. Tim Pool on Twitter last week, maybe it was the week before, posed the question, hey, should mentally unhealthy people be able to have access to a firearm? Should you be able to get a gun? And, and I'm paraphrasing. And it was just a yes or no. And I couldn't click one because I'm like, on the one hand, I don't want somebody with, you know, who's super violent, schizophrenic, Jeffrey Dahmer, whatever bundle of mental unhealth. That guy, let's not let him have a gun. Sure. But I'm mean, like the bar for saying mental unhealth. Who decides who's mentally unhealthy? Right. If, of every veteran who's ever seen anyone blown up PTSD of like, nope, that's not okay. Of like anorexic people, that's mental unhealth. And you can't have a gun. Of like, who decides who's mentally unhealthy? Right. Which, which mental illnesses fall into the category of you can't exercise your Second Amendment rights? Right. right. I saw Jordan Peterson being picked on by a Canadian board of psychologists. And what they were saying made me think that Peterson seemed in far greater mental health than this woke board who I would classify all those psychologists as severely mentally unhealthy for this woke nonsense. And so sure. who, who classifies who's mentally healthy and who's who not? decides who decides. Yeah. And so to be able to allow some experts far away and removed to decide who and who can't have firearms, all of it just seems a, a bad infringement. Sure. If you've broken laws violently and you need to go to prison, you don't get to have a gun while you're in your cell. Of like, yep, you don't get gun rights. Everything else, you're innocent until proven guilty. Next thing, safe storage of firearms. 
how could this go wrong? What are they after here? War game this one. When I think storage of firearms, I think um, the 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 more uh, the more safety you have, sometimes the less security you have. Sometimes those things run counter to each other. For example, the most safely stored firearm is the least accessible firearm, yeah. which means if my firearms are locked up to the point where they're not accessible to me in an in extremist type situation where I need it for defensive purposes, now I've negated the whole purpose of the firearm for defensive purposes to begin with, right? right? So uh, this goes to uh, let's... We're, it's not a direct attack on your Second Amendment rights. It's, hey, we're going to uh, just make your firearms a little less accessible. Um, now, is this going to require me to go buy a new piece of equipment, a government-regulated piece of equipment that has to meet certain criteria, certain specs, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a government agency. I'm not a government body. I don't have an arms room that has to meet certain criteria, mm-hmm. right? But it looks like that's kind of what this might, uh, this might be pushing toward, right? right? So what if you're, you're just a bachelor, you live alone. You got a gun beside your bedside table. Now, under this, perhaps you would be a criminal because you're not allowed to have a gun by your bed. You have to have it unloaded in a safe with a channel lock in a special type of safe with a, a locking mechanism. You got to wrap a few chains around that, make sure your ammunition is stored in a completely different part of the house, and that's under lock and key. And all it does is it just takes law-abiding citizens and turns them into criminals. And another question I'd have on the safe storage, do they get to come in and verify? Does this give them access to say, hey, we have a hunch, we have reason to believe that you aren't storing your firearms safely, and so we get to come in and inspect that. Sure, which also gives them access to a certain degree of the number of firearms, type, quantity, that sort of stuff. So that, you know, again, if they can come in and just look in my safe anytime I want, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, being, it's kind of like uh, FFL holders being regulated right. by the ATF, right? At any point, you got to be able to throw the books out there, open the safes up, and account for every firearm that you have in there. You know, some folks watching, and you may be like, well, what kind of doom and gloom thought experiment are you guys pulling here? Of like, who said anything about that? I'm like, no, no, no. Right now, there's laws on the books that I never dreamed would have happened. I mean, some 20 different states already have red flag laws in, in, in effect. I never would have dreamed that the country would have allowed us to have the government turn neighbors and family and friends into private little Gestapo agents that in a whim could make a report and deny you your due process and take away goods. I never dreamed that that would be a thing. However, here we are. And so what's unthinkable today can actually happen tomorrow and then go even worse. And so again, what we're doing here is we're trying to say of like, all right, they make this law and then through that law, there's all kinds of other abilities that the government has to take away more and more freedom. You ever notice that as government bloat grows, it never really unwinds itself. Back during the Depression era, FDR and his New Deal added all kinds of welfare and social security mechanisms that were supposed to exist just to help us get out of that hard time. Your government retirement plan was supposed to be voluntary, not just taken out of your paycheck. Once the Depression was over, all these programs stay. All the taxation stays. The laws on the books, they stay. It just grows and grows and grows. And so now we have a government with millions of employees. Back in the founding, it was just a couple, it was a couple dozen. And now millions of employees. 
and uh, the executive order, if you read what's laid out in the executive order, um, it, it doesn't, the, the idea is basically the kind of the, the executive body kind of gives its intent, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what we want. And then it's up to these different regulatory agencies. Then they basically can kind of extrapolate whatever they want from that and determine the mechanism by which they're going to enforce these things, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the point. So, right, so the executive order itself, you know, again, to the people who say, um, Wait, that doesn't say it doesn't say anything about that in the executive order. No, what is lined out is the is is an intent, and how that intent is, uh, you know, how how it's executed yep. is up to those different regulatory agencies. Yep. Right. So you never know what can happen once it gets in the hands of the bureaucrats. Right. But it'll be bad. It'll be good for them and bad for you. All right. So lots more to discuss, but we're at the point of the show where we need to do our shameless plug. Shameless plug. You don't say it like that. You say it. Oh, you want you like you want to do that again? All right. Hey, and I got a new microphone. Here we go. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Did we get that? Nice. Here, let me give you a take, too. Shameless plug. Oh, that was a good one. He gets so into it. I did. I'm really excited. Oh, I feel like yeah, we yeah, need yeah, some yeah. music to go with that. Oh, we need some shameless. Like some chimes. How about, yeah. how about some chimes you, to go with? Yeah. Shameless plug. And it's like. Can you harmonize with me? Yeah, of course. You're ready? One, two, three. Shameless plug. I dig it. Oh, my. Wow. That was great. Here no way, dude, that was coming. Yeah. Here it is. Felt that. Behold, this is the Warrior Poet Sling. You'll notice right off the bat, it has an enhanced bungee feature. This allows you to really keep your rifle in close to your body tighter so that you're doing stuff with your hands, you're running, or you're walking around. That gun's not bouncing all over the place, but if you needed to press out, that bungee still allows you to do weapon manipulations and get on target. There's one version that comes with the Jedi buckle, so you have a quick in and out, and it's also really good for administratively getting in and out of your sling. But we also have this newer version that has an adjustable tab. This allows you to tighten or loosen your sling in one quick pull, and it still has that enhanced bungee feature that other slings don't give you. You can get yours by visiting warriorpoetsociety.com. All right, the next one is to address the loss or theft of firearms during shipping. And this is now gives the Department of Transportation a foothold into the firearms industry. What do you think about this? What could go wrong here? Well, so I, I think, first of all, I think it's um, that, that there's probably some good data to back this up, right? There's a lot of anecdotal evidence, at least, that suggests there has been a, a huge number of losses of personally owned firearms in boating accidents. <laughs> over the past few years so, so this is this is a totally legit thing all right i, I get it bravo bravo I it. I was like oh, oh you teach me something I, I really no, care about what you're saying you're ah. i was drawing you in right gotcha um no so right so now we're talking about now under the guise of an increase in the number of loss or thefts of firearms in transportation now we're getting the now we're getting transportation involved in this right but this is just another way to uh, indirectly attack second amendment rights because you can use this again everything it's a, everything is a is a stick right when it comes to government they use the stick to control the logistics of shipping firearms right everything mm-hmm. is all about making legal firearms ownership more onerous or make the administrative process so onerous that people just don't even bother you know kind of thing i wonder what they're really after in this specific thing is, well, one, as I could greatly see of like, hey, we're, we have all these mechanisms in place to make sure firearms aren't being stolen and therefore more taxes. So they can tax this and really do more funding mechanisms for the government and cost the gun owner something. And additionally, if the Department of Transportation is tracking... What do shipping manifests have on them? Inventory. Inventory. And we're yeah. talking about serialized items. There's going to be a serialized list 
of the inventory and what's being shipped, right? So, and I'm and I'm not sure how how much different that is now, except that again, the data is going to have to be provided to the gov- to another government regulatory body, right? right. It, it's one more piece of data that helps build a gun registry. You know what? Everything that's going out. Uh, and where it's going, who is who it's going to, presumably, and so we kind of know what the end game, what we suspect the end game is, right? Which yeah. is which is firearms confiscation, or at least uh, regulating firearms to the point where there there is no where the where the we the people don't have any teeth, right? Right. Um, There's a big one coming down the pipeline that speaks directly to that one. Let's it, go. It's going to upset you. First, provide the public and policymakers with more information regarding federally licensed firearms dealers, FFLs, who are violating the law. Basically, it's, all right, let's crack down on FFLs and make it harder with more reporting and more forms and more everything. And so it's a crackdown on FFLs. Those are the people that are selling firearms to the public. It sounds to me like it's almost a public shaming of FFLs that are, are found in violation of the law. Right is I think it, what they can do is make more laws for FFLs to follow. Okay, and so bureaucrats multiply bureaucracy so that they can get you. The whole idea is is if I make enough laws, you're violating something, and anyone at any time I can sure. get you, and I can say, hey, you've been breaking the law. Therefore, I can revoke your license, sure. or I can get all kinds of inventory. That's what it's about. Bureaucrats multiply bureaucracy, and they get more power from it, and anyone they want to get, now they can get you. Also, something that his executive order is doing is expanding the, even the definition of an FFL. So let's say, for instance, you sold three of your guns, you know, in a year, you know, one to your buddy here, one, one this, sort of like, man, I really need to pay off a credit card bill. Let me offload this firearm. By the way, I'm not an advocate of selling guns, except if like, you know, you're down to your last piece of bread and then you have, you know, a gun, uh, you know, gun number 285. And you're like, should I eat or keep the gun? Keep the gun. Starve to death, but keep the gun, right? (laughs) No, but let's say you sold three guns in a year. Well, maybe in this, they say, well, then that makes you an FFL. And now, you are privy to all the laws regarding an FFL. Sure. And, oh, since you're an FFL, the government now has the ability to come in and inventory everything you've got and everywhere it's going. And, by the way, you're breaking six laws you didn't know about. Sure. So this one is is definitely scarier. They can kind of do what they want to a right. certain degree, right? And that, there's that nothing that really the throttles that back. Once you cut the bureaucrats loose, there's not a lot that throttles that. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Paul, because they put it under the guise of safety. So let's sure. use a word that we can all agree on. Safety's, community safety. Safety is a that good thing. That sounds great. Absolutely. And if you don't think safety is a good thing, well, then you're the problem. That's the thing. The wrapping paper looks good, right? Yeah. The Safe Communities Act sounds great. Sounds like something any normal human being I want to live in a safe community. With. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yep. Of course, it looks good. Yeah. And, it ought, and it predisposes people who aren't going to sit down and actually read this and dig into it. But it just, it's incredible to me that we, the people, fall for this shtick over and over. Tyrants have been doing that same thing, Heath, forever. Of like, hey, for the for your own good, for your own safety, we're gonna take this power and control. Oh, you're afraid? You're, you you need help? Of like, oh, we'll take care of it. We'll be your great guardian. Just give us all your freedoms and liberty and your money indefinitely, and we'll take care of you. And we'll fall for that. Uh, it's this kind of double speak, these uh, little platitudes and. 
uh, like th that's just straight out of an Orwellian 1984 pipe dream. Everything means its opposite. Yeah. Ministry of love is just dispensing hate. It's all about marketing. It, 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 and that, that, that's what it is. If they have all these different ministries, and whatever the name of the ministry is, it's actually doing the exact opposite of that thing. And so here the White House, President Biden announces new actions to reduce gun violence and make our communities safer. And like that, I'm like, oh, well, I want safe communities. And to your point, I, I want to reduce gun violence. That, that's great. But it turns out gun control is really just about people control. And the people that follow these laws, you're just disarming the good guys. That's all you're doing. And so really, it's going to make uh, more and more gun violence by coming at it this direction. If you want to stop a bad guy with a gun, good guy with a gun. It's the only way to do it. And that's why these gun-free cities all around the country, like Chicago, who has these hardcore gun laws on the books, they're going to have far higher gun murders per capita than any other city around. Of like it's so obvious that gun control isn't doing anything except disarming the good guys. It's so blatantly obvious. Ninety-six percent of all of the mass shootings that are happening are happening in gun-free zones. How are we so gullible as a people that we fall for this, not understanding that it's our rulers that want to disarm us because it's about power and control? I think a lot of times people will just get beat down by it. I mean, Paul, you said it earlier with the FFLs and just make it so complicated that you just give up and you say it's not worth getting a gun. A lot of people get to that point where they just think, okay, well, if you're saying it's going to be safe, I don't have time to think about this thing or do this thing or dig into this thing. Just tell me you're going to do the right thing and I'll trust you. Yeah. And, and the thing is, most people have to feel it on a personal level, right, yeah. to, to actually take action. You know, a lot of these things that we're talking about, this is this is largely, you know, a thought experiment, right? right. Um, and, and kind of, you know, but also a thought experiment that's predicated on, uh, you know, past government overreach, right? Past government yep. action. So, uh, <laughs> but for most of us, if we don't actually, if we don't actually feel it on a personal level, right? Like if it's not really hurting me, mm -hmm. uh, because you know what? Okay, well, I'm not going to, uh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll get a safe that secures my firearms in the manner in which you want them, you know, uh, okay, cool. So they're regulating FFL. So not a big deal. I'm not an FFL, right? Um, that kind of thing. So if people don't feel this personally. Uh, I think it's really easy just to, to let this stuff go. And when the administrative process again becomes so burdensome, so onerous that exercising your constitutional right just becomes, you know, people, you know, people, like you said, will just kind of be like, well, you know, forget it then. It's not that big a deal to me. I'm okay. Because you know, when the last time I had to use my firearm in self-defense was in the United States, uh, never. So I'm okay. Right. Meanwhile, I've got, you know, I got a job to go to and I've got people to feed and I've got a family to take care of and I got kids to raise. So, uh, this is largely theory to me, but I know that my daily life, this isn't going to be affected necessarily. Right. And, and, and yeah, and I understand the point you're making about people at large. However, this stuff always ends up affecting you later. Of course. You're like, well, I don't care what they're doing in Congress and talking and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, until enough economic policies are passed that torpedo your economy, and now you can't buy eggs. Way to go. And, and what happened is, is it's not affecting me right this moment, so I won't do anything. It will affect you later. This will affect you later. How do you boil a frog? Yep. All right. Slow boil. Right. All right, Paul. So this next one is uh, when I first read it, I'm kind of like, OK, uh, whatever. But the more I thought about it, the more alarming it was. Here it is. Uh, Biden wants to use the DOD, Department of Defense, acquisition of firearms 
to further firearm and public safety practices. What does that mean? Sure. <laughs> Who? Uh, that's a pretty ambiguous statement, right? I have no idea uh, what that. Yeah, statement I don't even know means. what that means. Except we're going to use the DoD to further public safety. You mean more than national defense, more than what they're already mandated to do? But it uses the word acquisition of firearms. The Department of Defense buys a lot of guns. What the, he's saying is we're going to buy a lot more guns for all things federal, uh, taking those out of the supply chain. Sure. So it's harder for citizens to be able to get the guns. Remember the huge ammo shortage that happened? And that was happening because, well— Pete Booty Judge sucked and had all our ships waiting off uh, off the coast for months, and nobody could get primers. But also, the government was buying up all the bullets in secret. Million, many, many millions of rounds. Going were- to agencies where you'd wonder, why, why do they need all of this ammunition to begin with kind of thing. Man, listen to me talking about how, oh, who needs that much ammunition? Gosh, that sounds kind of contradictory, doesn't it? Yeah, but, but not the government. But I think this is about <laughs> let's deplete the supply by having the federal government, with your tax dollars, buy all of it up, store it in a warehouse if you want. Uh, but and I'd really like to know where that warehouse is. <laughs> I'd like to see it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just just to, you know, just to look. I pictured like Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that last thing when he's oh yeah, the big warehouse. Thing of, like, that's where it's that's, at. Yeah. Right. Oh, you get an ark and you get all the bullets. <laughs> nice. That'd be fantastic. But I think. They'd buy up the supply and then do something like they did with ammunition to attack gun manufacturers so that through harassment, through more government oversight to tie them up in litigation. You can bankrupt companies quite easily by just tying them up in courts and indefinitely. They're not able to produce. They have all these injunctions so that they can't continue to sell. And they just drag it out for years and years until it's not viable to stay in business anymore of like, well, we're already dealing with these margins and cost of goods sold is way up because of inflation and sales are down because everybody is poor. And now I've got all these lawsuit injunctions from the federal government with new laws on the books. So they attack the uh, uh, the amount of guns in circulation and then they buy off a bunch of them using your tax dollars. Sure. And it's and they can basically you can entice gun companies with multi-billion dollar, multi-million dollar government contracts, right, to focus more on government supply yeah. than individuals, than, yeah. than, than private guns, you know, private gun sales. Um, I, I, I believe there's a period of time in the 90s, at least, uh, I remember that you couldn't, uh, like Colt completely stopped selling firearms uh, to, to private citizens. Everything yeah. that they did was, it was all government contracts. Like yeah. to get a Colt, it had to have been, you know, it had to have been basically uh, one that was in circulation built prior to kind of this new business model. And uh, again, details are kind of fuzzy. It's been like 20 something years. But, um, but yeah, there was a time where you couldn't buy a Colt on, yeah. in the civilian market kind of thing because they're so focused on, uh, on supplying government contracts. Right. So. so there's more to Biden's executive order. The last one that I really want to focus on is different than the others. There's harassment <laughs> to take away your ability to just own the guns how to store them, also how to buy them and and those who are selling them, also the logistics of how they're transported and how they're even created. In every single place here, these government agencies are going to be working double time to be able to make every part of this process more and more difficult. And let's also hit the supply. Now they want to go after demand because listen to this one. The FTC is now being brought into this. Federal Trade Commission, nothing to do with guns, but uh, they want to issue a public report analyzing 
how gun manufacturers market firearms to minors and how such manufacturers market firearms to all civilians, including through the use of military imagery. And so your tax dollars are now going to pay for a report that's going to give the government insight of like, how do you make people like guns? Specifically, minors can't buy guns. So really it's how do you make young people interested so that one day they will buy guns? Sure. So that, that is what it's reading. It's like, mm-hmm. how do we get in gun culture and destroy it? How do we make sure that nobody wants to buy a gun? Notice, uh, I was watching some old-timey cartoons with my kids, and Elmer Fudd came out, and he had a shotgun. So these are the old ones you buy on DVD because now he doesn't have a gun. You know, There's no guns in cartoons anymore. Tell me a modern cartoon that has a firearm in it. Oh, doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Huh. Uh, I remember the, uh, what was it, Tarzan, that guy, there was a hunter with a gun. Yeah. And he, anybody with a gun is a bad guy yeah. uh, now. But cartoons, they don't have guns anymore, right? Uh, and, but I think it's trying to play at the culture like what happened to cartoons a long time ago. I think first on the chopping block is content like ours, YouTube content. You know, people making entertaining stuff and education about guns. Mm-hmm. And so I think our heads are on the chopping block uh, on this of like, hey, YouTubers are responsible for making people want guns, learn about guns. So <laughs> Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, I think video games is a huge thing, too. Sure. Uh, yeah. And so video games really make kids want to do that. I mean, th- I think this topic is, is absolutely the perfect plan for them. Because to, to your point... If I don't have to take away your guns if I can just convince you that you never wanted to buy guns in the first place. Right. Because now I've just taken I've I've dried up the market. And so what they're what they're doing, they're trying to regulate advertising to minors, right? So yeah. like this isn't this isn't Joe Camel, right? Where Camel <laughs> cigarettes had this really cool oh, cartoon yeah. guy, right? Yep. And they were like, Nope, you can't use a really cool cartoon guy because this makes kids want to buy cigarettes because they see cool cartoon camel mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes, right? right. Those are those are things that we that that have that demonstrably have an effect on health. Right. Right. Guns like just the sole possession and ownership of a firearm has no effect on your physical health. So where is the harm? Right. Uh, in in promoting a basically what, what is a huge part of our history and our culture is a nation. Yeah. Right. Is private firearms ownership. Yeah. Right. Uh, Lexington conquered anybody yeah. when, you know, they came to seize depots of firearms, right? This, this has a huge, uh, there, there's a, there's a huge part of our culture that's grounded and rooted in this. We're not talking about something that's this inherently, you know, bad or unhealthy thing product right. that's being marketed to kids. That's going to affect them later. And it's inexorably tied to freedom itself. Of course. The first amendment's got all the good stuff, the freedom of press and religion and speech. And the second amendment is there because there's no way you can keep all that stuff without the right of the people to keep and bear arms because the government gobbles it all up. The Second Amendment is about keeping the public armed so the government can't steamroll you next generation or two, right? Sure. Now, it's got a, the, the Second Amendment's what gives it its teeth. I've noticed as well, and this you know, goes to the Federal Trade Commission doing this report of like, why, do you, why are you doing a report? Well, it's to, to learn and hone in on what we should eliminate and throttle. I've noticed big tech is very happy to do government's bidding. We noticed this with the Twitter files, for example. Uh, we also noticed this whenever we try to run ads on Facebook or Instagram. It is incredibly hard for us to run any ads for our products because we are so banned of like trying to get anything of like knife. Nope, you can't do that. Range targets. We can't advertise that. And almost anything we throw at 
big tech to advertise, they won't do it because they just don't like our industry. And so I think uh, they take away the ability for all these gun manufacturers or gun retailers to do any marketing. And then if Google's playing uh, ball, it'll be like, hey, we don't want those people to show up on search engine results. And now you got to go like 12 pages in just to find a gun manufacturer. And so I think downgrading you through big tech just so people can't get advertised and you just can't find the stuff. To some of y'all, that'll seem far-fetched. That's not far-fetched. That's actually happened to us already. It's just, it's just a matter of throttling it up more and more. I can guarantee that's happening. It, it's happened to us. So, so basically what they've done is they've said, okay, we're going to try to convince you you don't want it. Then if you do want it, we're going to make it hard for you to find it. If you do find it, we're going to make it expensive and difficult for you to buy. And if you do buy it, we're going to track you and we're going to keep tabs on everything about it. And how you store it. And how you store it. And and make this web of bureaucracy so that no matter what, you are breaking a law some way and we can get you. That's what bureaucrats do. We make lots of laws so that we can get you, right? If you don't believe me, try to do taxes. (laughs) Literally, we 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 have two people on staff just to do our taxes. You know, like, so, holy cow, there we go. (laughs) I think one of my favorite things about taxes is, and I've seen the memes about it, is um, taxes are basically the government telling you to tell them what you owe, but if you're wrong, you're in trouble. Yeah, you go to jail. You go to jail. Sure. Yeah. All right, guys, so that is our first topic that we deal with. That was a a big one. It's a lot, man. My blood's up, too. I'm kind of like, man, I really love freedom, and I love people, and I'm a defender of people. And all this stuff with the semblance of safety and protecting others. You don't love people. This is about control and tyranny of like, I love people. I want to protect people. And I know bad guys with guns are only stopped by good guys with guns. And that's people like us. And so this has nothing to do with making communities safer. It has to do with making government bigger. Guys, we have so much more in the show. We're going to go into that second topic that has to do with the DNA of a warrior. As I mentioned before, there's a lot of dudes walking around, chest beating. They look the part, but they don't have the internal makeup of real warriors. I want to hone in on what that is. Also, we have our Q and ambush section. We have our dad joke section. And it was International Day of Happiness yesterday, right? Yep. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And we're going to talk about that. All right, for those of you listening in on podcast or watching on YouTube, you're going to have to go to watchwpsn.com to get the rest of this show and all of our other shows and our training classes and all kinds of bonus content. Heath, what do they have to do to sign up? So go to watchwpsn on a web browser, enter in code JLSHOW. That's going to give you a nice little discount on our yearly subscription. After that, you can download it on whatever app you prefer to watch it on iOS, Android, Roku, whatever you have. Join us over there. We've got a lot of amazing training content. Paul's got a couple of new trainings that is coming up. Rifle 3. We're going to have some updated content for Rifle 1. It's going to be amazing. So join us over there. You won't regret it. For those of you who want to put some skin in the game and help us as we're dealing with all these big tech governmental goliaths, we actually do need the support. We appreciate it. Watch WPSN.com and we're out. That's the show for this week. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. We will see you next week. Until then, train hard, train smart, and stay free.